0: Hey, everybody, Ezra Levant here. I don't have any sound in my battery pack, but I can hear myself directly. Uh, what a pleasure to be with you today, as uh, we do every day at 12 noon Eastern Time. We have a live stream. We stream on four platforms, YouTube, but we've been trying to move away from YouTube because they hate us. They hate hey, anyone everybody, who has Ezra a different Levant here. Do I don't have any on, sound in my battery like, pack, um, but I Trump. can hear myself. Uh, the pandemic, I'm not just saying that uh, out of speculation. If you go to YouTube's official rules, they have subject matter that, that will get you on banned platforms. YouTube. Um, it's very strange. You, I, I don't want to go into the details now because we have more important things to say. But it is the reason why, in addition to streaming on YouTube, where we still have 1.5 million friends, we're also streaming on a website called rumble.com. Uh, an interesting website called odyssey.com that's based on the blockchain. And finally, friends of ours up here in Canada have started a free speech channel called superu.net. So we're streaming on all four platforms. However you're watching us, it's, it's such a pleasure. There's a lot of things I want to talk about today. Uh, as you can see in the headline of today's show, we're going to talk about um, the FDA planning to approve vaccines for children as young as five. Um, and uh, I don't know why I'm getting some problems with this uh, headphone, tell you the truth. It's beeping and whatnot. It's not that important, but just wanted to bring that to your attention. Um, did you see that study out of the UK in the Telegraph? I want to talk about that for a second. And this is one of those things that's difficult to talk about on YouTube, because they could get you censored. Like you can talk about any disease in the world and say kooky things. You can say uh, peanut butter uh, cures blindness. Or uh, if you eat a pickled frog, that will cure your leprosy. You can say goofy things like that on YouTube and they don't care. You can say you're uh, the king of Spain and the moon is made of cheese and they don't care but there are two subjects and only two subjects that they care about so deeply they'll ban you. One is if you say that the 2020 federal presidential election in the United States was the subject of widespread fraud. You can say that about any other election, but just not that one. And number two is if you say about 10 certain things about the pandemic, the vaccine, the source of the pandemic or its nature, it's it's quite amazing just how specific you can see where their soft spots are of big tech, big government, and big pharma. It's quite incredible. So I approach with some caution to read you this study um, as cited in um, the Telegraph of London. Uh, do you have that handy? You know what? Can you, we can do better than that? Let's let's cite from the original. British Medical Journal. Can you do that? Type in Israel vaccine, natural immunity, BMJ, and it'll come up right away. BMJ stands for the British Medical Journal. It is one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world. Um, And this was a study out of Israel, which, as you may know, is one of the most vaxxed countries in the world. And then later I'm going to throw to Anthony Fauci being asked about it on CNN, if you can pull up that clip. So Israel, which is already on its fourth shot. So people say, oh, I'm fully vaccinated. Sister, there's no such thing. It's a perpetual cycle. Once you've got one shot and then two shots, you've got to get your third shot and your fourth shot. In Israel, if you merely have two shots, you're as dirty and unclean as someone who hasn't had any shots they're on their fourth shot there now millions of people have already had their third shot they're on their fourth shot and yet what's so crazy is the the cases of the virus are still ubiquitous israel has in many ways a first world healthcare system very modern even though it's in a, a part of the world where often that's not the case in its neighbors so the fact that Israel has uh, Western-class healthcare and is so deeply onto the vax path allows some studies to be done there. And let me know when you got that British Medical Journal study. Um, I can find it for you if, if if you like. Do you need Do you need me to grab that for you? Um, and I'm not going to go very deep on it. It's just a study that was like, it's not some vax study or any, it's not like some anti-vax study. Here, I'll just send it to you, Justin. And, um, there you go. It suggests that natural immunity that is getting COVID, recovering from it, and your body's natural, yeah, thank you for finding that. I appreciate that. Sorry to send you on a Wild goose chase there at the last moment. So you can you see right at the top there it says BMJ. You see that, and it says Yale. You've probably heard of Yale. It's one of the most prestigious universities in America. So this was a study um, from Israel published uh, in this um, academic paper comparing SARS coronavirus to natural immunity to vaccine induced immunity reinfections versus breakthrough infections. And you can see the names of the the different scientists uh, and and doctors, really. Um, You can see they're all Hebrew names because this was done in Israel. So, let me read abstract as a way of, that means summary. Background. Reports of waning, that means uh, falling, vaccine-induced immunity against COVID-19 have begun to surface. With that, the comparable long-term protection conferred by previous infection with SARS coronavirus remains unclear. So they're saying, if you take the vaccine, reports of your immunity, it's falling, waning, as they say. So they say, well, let's study natural immunity versus the falling immunity of the vaccines. Oh, this is dangerous territory to talk about on YouTube. Methods. So this is how they conducted their experiment. We conducted a retrospective observational study comparing three groups. Uh, COVID-naive individuals who received a two-dose regimen of the BioNTech Pfizer. So COVID-naive means they haven't had it yet. Two, previously infected individuals who have not been vaccinated. So the first group is people who have, haven't had any contact with the vaccine or the, virus. the second is people who have naturally had the virus and then come back from it. And three, previously infected and single-dose vaccinated individuals. Three multivariate logistic regression models, blah, blah, blah. Results. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just read one more line. In all models, we evaluated four outcomes. Infection, symptomatic disease, hospitalization, and death. Okay. Results. COVID-19 naive vaccinees had a 13-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection with the Delta variant compared to those previously infected when the first event, infection or vaccination, occurred during January and February 2021. When allowing the infection to occur at any time before vaccination... Evidence of waning natural immunity was demonstrated, though SARS-naive vaccinees had a six-fold increased risk for breakthrough infection and a seven-fold increased risk for symptomatic disease. SARS-naive, COVID-naive vaccinees were also at a greater risk for COVID-19-related hospitalizations. Okay, there's some jargon in there. Let's read the conclusions. This, can you highlight it? Yeah. This study demonstrated that natural immunity confers longer-lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease, and hospitalization caused by the Delta variant compared to the two-dose vaccine-induced immunity. Individuals who were both previously infected and given a single dose gained additional protection. Um, And as you can see, there was no competing interest, there was no external funding, and they have some ethical declarations there. Thank you very much. So I've I've taken you through that. Let me put that in very plain English. If you're naturally immune, this study out of Israel says you have superior protection. I didn't say it. The British Medical Journal and Yale published a paper by Israeli doctors saying it. I just took you through it. Now, do you have that clip of Fauci being asked about this on CNN. Anderson Cooper's a liberal. We all know that. But I give him credit every once in a while. He actually does some great questioning. I remember when we went through that uh, Bill Gates interview he did. Holy cow, did he put Bill Gates on the back foot. I give him full credit asking about Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein. I don't think most reporters would have done that. Take on one of the richest men in the world. Ask him why he's hanging out with that pedophile uh, child rapist, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Kudos to Anderson Cooper. He's a liberal, but he knows when there's an unasked question. Here he is asking Fauci about this very thing. Take a look. Quickly,
1: um, there was a study that came out of Israel about natural immunity, and basically the headline was that natural immunity provides a lot of protection, even better than the vaccines alone. how, what, do, what are people to make of that? So so as we talk about vaccine mandates, there are, I get calls all the time. People say, I've already had COVID. I'm protected. And now the study says maybe even more protected than the vaccine alone. Should they also get the vaccine? How do you make the case to them? You know, that's a really good point, Sanjay. I don't have a really firm answer for you on that. That's something that we're going to have to discuss regarding the durability of the response. The one thing the paper from Israel didn't tell you is whether or not as high as the protection is with natural infection, what's the durability compared to the durability Mm. of a vaccine. So it is conceivable that you got infected, you're protected, but you may not be protected for an indefinite period of time. So I think that is something that we need to sit down and discuss seriously because you very appropriately pointed out it is an issue and there could be an argument for saying what you said. And and where
0: where are Ha! Huh. Well, thanks for listening to that again. I think we've got our little technical hiccups ironed out there. Um, I thought it was just in my ear, but uh, I'm glad that worked now. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if we have the clip on it, but um, Anita Anand, who is—you can probably find it quick on Twitter. Let me know if you need me to find it. She was campaigning, and I know Chrystia Freeland was doing the same thing, The liberals are campaigning that if they are reelected, they will get you those booster shots the third, fourth, fifth, sixth booster shots, and you think I'm joking when I say five or six. Justin Trudeau has actually ordered them uh, for, I think, three years into the future. He's ordered more than 300 million doses. And they're campaigning that they will make those doses, and that's, I presume that'll be part of the vaccine passport scheme like it is in Israel. <clears throat> I don't think that's how medicine works. I don't think pollsters and focus groups and political strategists coming up with a campaign attack. We'll give you the boosters, our opponents won't. I don't think that's how medical decisions are made. Um, I forget who it was online, maybe it was Dean Scrako the other day, who was saying, <clears throat> you can't just walk into your Costco pharmacy and get get a drug, even, a, even penicillin. You need a prescription for it. You can't just buy even... Um, but you can just walk into any place and get get the vaccine or the booster and um, whether or not you are read the list of side effects or cautions is a matter of question, but you can just walk in, no prescription, no nothing, because I think what we've seen here is politicians, their political prescription is trumping everything. So, if Anita Anand, who has botched uh, the pandemic in so many ways, if she is literally ca- campaigning that you will get those booster shots if the liberals are reelected, how is that a medical decision? Um, is it foreordained? Isn't it different person by person? I find it uh, the politicists say, and and these are the same folks who say that the uh, pandemic should not be, yeah, that's okay. Anita Nan said she wants to win the election to provide booster vaccinations and shots for five to 11 year olds. So she is making that the ballot question, but she's not a doctor. She's not an epidemiologist. She's not even a public health bureaucrat. Booster vaccinations and shots have not yet been approved for 5 to 11-year-olds. Who is she to say that that will be the outcome? Shouldn't doctors make that decision? And in my view, families, moms and dads make that decision too. Who is she to say that she will look into the future and she will provide... And, And I love that word, provide booster vaccinations. Provide. Oh, just make it available. No, no, no. You've already heard that this is going to be forced on people through vaccine mandates. If you doubt it, let's um, take a listen to Trudeau himself demonizing anyone who dares say, oh, wait a minute before you sign me up for a medical procedure against my will. I got a few questions. Oh, you're a bigot. Here, take a look at Trudeau calling people who are not vaccinated for whatever reason, it could be a medical reason, could be they're young and healthy and the risk of the vaccine is actually higher than, than the risk of the virus. and That's that Telegraph study. I think I, mis, I misremembered it. The Telegraph study shows that for young men, hospitalizations because of the vaccine, do you have that Telegraph story? I want to put that up there so YouTube doesn't cancel us over it. I want to show uh, the source I'm citing. Because um, the Telegraph has not yet been banned for saying it. you have to be so careful uh, on these censorship platforms which unfortunately we're on. Um, here we go it's still it's still up on the internet you never know. I just sent you the um, Oh, you don't have an account? Okay, just show the tweet. Yeah, the tweet is fine. I just, I just sent you the tweet there. So let me read the tweet from the Telegraph. You need an uh, account. It's, it's just a very simple headline. <clears throat> Teenage boys are six times more likely to suffer from heart problems from the vaccine than be hospitalized from COVID-19, a major study has found. I've seen that study in the Guardian also and elsewhere. Maybe you could just type in teenaged six times vaccine and then Guardian because the telegraph's behind a paywall and we don't have a subscription to it. So I I find it baffling that we're forcing the vax on teenagers because they're at such low risk from serious consequences of the virus. And now Anita Anand is saying she's going to quote, provide that, that, yeah, boys more at risk from Pfizer jab side effect than COVID suggests. This is the left-wing guardian. U.S. researchers say teenagers are more likely to get vaccine-related myocarditis than end up in hospitals with COVID. This is the guardian. Healthy boys may be more likely to be admitted to hospital with a rare side effect of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine that causes inflammation of the heart than with COVID itself, U.S. researchers claim. Their analysis of medical data suggests that boys aged 12 to 15 with no underlying medical condition uh, are four to six times as likely to be diagnosed with vaccine-related myocarditis. So um, that's teenagers. Why would you go even younger than that? Why would you go younger than that? Especially considering that um, it hasn't been approved yet? I don't know. I find it very dangerous. I'm worried about it. And the fact that we're making the decisions before the science is in, I find troubling. Um, I'm not the only one who finds it troubling. Over the weekend, I saw a lot of videos of massive crowds in U.S. football stadiums. I think it was all football. See, I think we showed the jump around clip the other day, didn't we, right? 100,000 folks looked like in in a stadium singing jump around, not a mask in sight. That's a form of defiance. It's people living their life, but it's also a form of defiance. But there's another level of the defiance coming in now that Joe Biden has said we're going to enforce a vax mandate on the entire country, not just people who work directly for the federal government, but anyone who's governed in any way, contractors or whatever, I haven't seen the fine print of the executive order. I don't think it's been issued yet. I think he's just making statements. And so a chant has be broken out, and it seems to be catching on sort of virally across America. Now, there's going to be some swearing here. You're going to hear some swearing. And for those of you who have never heard the swear word that starts with the letter F before, it better turn down your volume because you will be shocked. But (laughs) there are a lot of Americans who I think have had it with their new president less than a year into his term, whether it's his bungling of the economy, his mask and vaccine mandates, or I think the the worst part was his abject failure in Afghanistan, the hasty surrender, um, the disaster there. Americans are speaking out in a way that I haven't I mean, maybe I have heard it before, but seriously, Biden's been president for not even eight months. And take a look at this. Joe Biden. First. Of- Yeah, that goes on for for a while. There's so many of them. Um, it's interesting to me how widespread it seems to be. Now, maybe there's something cultural about U.S. football fans. Maybe they're, you know, that's not going to be your dainty downtown liberals. Maybe that's a more uh, conservative crowd to begin with. But I don't know. I mean, college football in America, I think those were all college games. Um Democrats love football, too, I think. I don't know. I'm not an American. I'm not a Democrat. But especially college stuff, it it feels more real. It's a real sport. Look, those are huge. Those are huge stadia. And it sounded like that was a very widespread chant. If it's that bad, now compare that grassroots speaking back to the top-down media that's just in total protect the king mode. I think that shows some of the disconnect there. All right. Well, listen, uh, let's read some Super Chats. I want to say that uh, in addition to Super Chats, uh, Super Chats being demonetized on YouTube, but on Rumble, you can give us a Rumble rant, I think it's called. On Super U and Odyssey, you can give us a tip too, and I'll read your comments. So on Rumble, TYGI says, my wife's voter card has her nickname on it, not her legal name. It's odd because she never uses her nickname on any legal documents. Weird, right? Do you think it'll be a problem when she votes? (laughs) I don't think it'll be a problem when she votes because last I checked Canada's election laws, you don't even need ID at all. You don't need a piece of paper. You can walk in barefoot all over and just attest that it's you and you're good to go. Don't quote me on that, but uh, that was my memory from the last time around. You actually don't need ID, I don't think. I could be wrong, but um, um, so uh, go to the Elections Canada website yourself, but um, no, I don't think it's going to be a problem, which is terrifying in itself. A hyperchat Cuba bound says, according to the Centers for Disease Control, so all official, you are not considered fully vaccinated until after a full 14 days following the shot. So you are unvaxxed until your 15th day. Nice way to skew numbers, considering a lot of people suffer side effects within two weeks. Um, I'd have to check that out. I don't uh, doubt it. I've seen I've seen that uh, before, that 14-day uh, rule. Rumble rant from No Hey Banda. Ezra just came back f- from voting by anticipation in Quebec. They asked me for my phone number, etc. cetera, for COVID tracing. I had a 15-minute argument with these morons before they finally let me vote. Yeah, you don't need to... Um, uh, give your phone number. You don't need to do uh, f- for contact tracing purposes. My understanding is um, that that is not a requirement. Again, I don't want you to rely on me as an authoritative source for elections rules. I'm not an expert on it. I honestly haven't looked at it this election cycle. So, um, yeah, you know, it's an interesting anecdote and I thank you for it. But for anyone watching, I would say check the rules yourself and please don't uh, rely on me because I'm just going from a memory from an earlier election. Um, do we have that Trudeau calls anti-vax people misogynists? Did we play that yet? I don't think we did. Justin Trudeau in 2015, he was running against Stephen Harper, who had been in the public eye for more than a decade. You might recall that, that um, Stephen Harper ran, I think it was in 2004, he ran against Paul Martin, if my memory serves. And then in 2006, he finally won, and then he was re-elected 2008 and 2011, and then he lost in 2015. And the reason I tell you that is because by the time Stephen Harper lost in 2015, he'd been around for a while. And in in politics, people get tired of you quite often. At least in Canada, it works that way. And, you know, there's a saying, friends come and go, but enemies accumulate. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying. It's funny. It's true in politics. I don't think it's necessarily true in the rest of life, but Stephen Harper had probably, he probably went for one too many elections. He probably should have, I mean, in retrospect, it's easy to say this. Um, I think he really wanted to beat Justin Trudeau, but that eagerness is probably what undid him. So, um, By the time he was running in 2015, certainly the media was tired of him. And I suppose the people was because he lost. And Trudeau, who wasn't expected to win a majority, did, went from third place to first. And one of the themes that Trudeau had, and I think it was smart, was sunny ways. That was a saying that Trudeau had in 2015, that he was going to be friendly and happy and respectful And not a sourpuss, and I think um, it fit with the moment of the times. Uh, Because Harper can be grouchy, and he can be stern. Many conservatives, you know, their job is to say no. Can I have a hundred billion dollars for this? Can we start a new government program for that? Can you, you know, like? I think it's the same with CEOs a lot. They're always asked, "Can we spend more money? Can we do this?" And the boss. Part of being the, the boss is like being the dad. You have to say no. So Justin Trudeau said, well, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say yes to everyone. I'm going to have a smile on my face and everyone's going to love it. It's going to be a refreshing change after Stephen Harper, the accountant. And he won. But here we are six years later, and I think that Sunnyway's facade has been proved false. Certainly, Jody wilson um uh, that whole affair has absolutely devastated the Sunnyway's mantra. I mean, I think what it's done is it's replaced the Sunny Ways with, oh, you're a fake. So it's a fake smile. You're a fake feminist. You're a fake friend of Aboriginal people. You're a fake friend of black people. You yourself have done blackface. So the problem with being Mr. Sunny Ways is if it's not true, then it's worse. than. Like Stephen Harper never pretended to be Sunny Ways. He was always a bit of a sourpuss, but he got the job done. His Selling point was I'm going to get the job done. I'm a grown-up. I'm an economist. You need a grown-up in these serious times. I'm a serious man. All right, that's better than if Harper had lied and said, "I'm cool. I'll see you for a live stream on Instagram." You know, <clears throat> or Jagmeet Singh, who I saw over the weekend, was doing a TikTok saying, "Hey guys, send me your cool music to listen to on the bus." I mean, that that really is how shallow Jagmeet Singh is. That's what he wants to talk about in the campaign: is um, uh, playlists. But with Trudeau, he pretended he cared, he pretended he was sunny, he pretended he was nice, but he's just as vicious as anyone. And I think the mask has slipped. He's been demonizing people left, right, and center. Here he is calling unvaccinated people many names. Take a look. We know that the only way to move
1: forward as a country is to move forward together and to listen to each other and to learn from each other, not to affix labels, not to allow hate to fester in corners of our society? And yes, we are seeing vocal hatred and intolerance rising in some pockets of our communities. And the question that all the rest of us have to ask is, what do we do? Do we sit back and say, oh, well, let's leave them space for their anti-vax beliefs, for their misogynistic beliefs, because we don't want to ruffle the boat? rock the boat or ruffle feathers or do we stand up do we say no not in Canada not in our Canada we leave room for everyone and we stand up for each other in Canada that's what we've done over these past six years that's
0: what we will continue to do in our Canada we leave room for everyone other than those bastards in Canada we have no room for hatred other than them (laughs) He literally said, we have to be together and listen and learn, not label people. Those anti-vax misogynists, hey guys, we don't label people. Unlike those misogynist anti-vaxxers, hey guys, we have no room for hatred, especially for them. Get out! (laughs) What? He's such a weird sociopath how he, in the same sentence, says, We're very tolerant, except for for them. The weirdest part of that is his implication that anti-vaxxers are misogynist. What? What? How? Where? And this coming from the guy who sacks any any woman who disagrees with him. Can you find that abacus study that shows your typical vaccine-hesitant Canadian is not a... (laughs) misogynist? What's the connection? Why don't you just call him racist? Oh, he probably will. I shouldn't give him any idea. According to Abacus data, which is run by a liberal, Bruce Anderson is the chairman of it. He's a diehard liberal. His daughter, in fact, worked as uh, Trudeau's press secretary for a while, director of communications. Um, The average anti-vaxxer in Canada is a 42-year-old Ontario woman who votes liberal. Yeah, see Bruce Anderson right there. Compared to the vaccinated, the vaccine hesitant don't have a lot of trust in government. They also try to avoid prescriptions, dislike putting anything unnatural in their bodies. And they say they're reluctant to take any vaccines. Most worry that COVID-19 vaccines haven't really been tested for a long time. I think that's the most honest Bruce Anderson has ever been. Can you pump up the size of that just a little bit so I can... So here's how they describe themselves. And again, this is from a liberal pollster. They say, they hate government, tell me what to do. Yeah, isn't that sort of pro-choice? Keep your laws off my body. They're reluctant to take any vaccines. Vaccines um, cause lots of problems covered up. Well, I mean, there is some truth to that. I mean, I remember, uh, well, I'll get into it later. Don't trust government. Try to avoid prescriptions and take natural path. Yeah, and that used to be the Green Party, the NDP. Okay, with most vaccines, this one was too quick. That's a, that's a sensible, reasonable position. I hate needles. Fair deal. If others got vaccines, I don't need to. Well, that's called herd immunity. If I got it, I wouldn't get too sick. Well, if Donald Trump, who's 74 and fat, can get it and recover, um, I mean, the average age of death is over 80. COVID is a hoax or exaggerated. I don't think COVID is a hoax. But the death toll is certainly exaggerated. Uh, I'm not saying the reporting is necessarily exaggerated, but the death toll was twice what it was the year previous for the flu. So I'm not happy about it, but this is no black plague. If my doctor says it's safe, I'll take it. How is that an unreasonable position? Would you would you really allow Anita an and or Justin Trudeau to be your doctor? Trust Trump and Fox. Well, that's a weird one because... Trump actually took the vax and he created something called operation warp speed to fund the vaxes. Not worried at all about getting COVID. All right. If friends or family say it's safe, I'll take it. Well, so they're not, they're just saying, I just want someone other than the the prime minister to talk to me about it. If vaxed made travel events easier. So they're not even saying no anymore. Not worried at all about new strains. Well, apparently the new strains are less deadly. Don't trust doctors. Well, fair enough. Um, Medical um, mistakes are a leading cause of death in hospitals. Iatrogenic deaths, as they say. Uh, I'm not saying I agree with all of those. I'm just saying that there's some good reasons there that people are hesitant to undergo a medical procedure. Hey guys, we've got this great new medical procedure that was just invented a few months ago. Everybody's doing it. Okay. I don't really feel an urgent need to do it because we know a lot more about the virus right now. And I'm not, you know, in a long-term term care home in Quebec where they're euthanasia happy. I just can't get over that misogynist part there. Where did that come from? He's just so used to calling people names. That, that was just such a classic Trudeau rant. Hey guys, We really have to have sunny ways. Unlike those bastards. Hey, guys, we don't label anyone. Don't label anyone except for that misogynist. Don't label anyone. There's room for all Canadians except for him. You know, and the media are so enthralled with them that they don't even see that insanity. Let's read some more Super Chats. Hyperchat chat from former YouTube watcher. I had to get my voter card and there's a driver's license and driver's license when I voted on Saturday. All right, well, I'm not gonna arbitrate so what you need or don't need, you feel free to go to the Elections Canada website. Joyful from the heart, what are your thoughts on being able to vote with no ID? If you declare your identity and address and writing in someone who knows you and who is assigned to your polling station can vote for you. I don't like it. You know, just bring your driver's license. Bring, I, 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 think, if, I think you should have to show some ID you know, you have to show ID when you go into a bar. <laughs> now they're bringing in a vaccine passport um, just to go to a restaurant. Surely you can show an ID to vote. One David, David Ader, five bucks. Is this all about closer adherence to the first commandment listed on the Georgia Stones. The goal? It's not about a virus. The Georgia Guidestones. I, I don't know what that is. Sorry. AMT 60. I have cousins not come to my retirement party on the weekend because they don't hang around unvaxxed people. I wonder if I should wear a yellow star on my shirt. So much discrimination. Oh, exactly. Um, It's shocking how quickly uh, the conventional wisdom turns against individual rights and towards segregation and the Afrikaans word for uh, apartness. You might've heard of it, apartheid. Oh yeah, no, no, you can live just over there. Uh, Except for under apartheid, like in Soweto, for example, they did have restaurants. You just couldn't go to the white restaurant in the city. Uh, The unvaxxed have no homeland, so to speak. Uh, I'm not comparing racial prejudice with unvaxxed prejudice in terms of the quality but it is prejudice and it is apartness and it is discrimination. And both racial discrimination and discrimination based on medical status are banned under our human rights law and our Constitution. So I suppose in that way, I am making the comparison. Um, there's such gross anti unvaxed commentary out there, and I keep thinking replace it with the word AIDS and see how you sound. Or, you know, our friend Yankee. The other day, I, I thought he uh, he had a tweet that, that helped remind people how outrageous it is um, to, to ask personal questions like that. I'm just going to read it. He said, um, sorry, I just want to get his wording. I don't have it here in front of me. Yankee tweets so much. Give me one more second. I'm going to find it. Do you have it here? Go ahead, put it up. Do you have HIV AIDS or STDs? I don't answer personal medical information to random people on the internet. Yeah, I mean, imagine someone walks into your restaurant. I'd like a table, please. Do you have AIDS? Do you have any STDs? Sorry, I need you to prove you don't have any STDs. Ironically, that would be more likely would be more medically appropriate to ask young people going to a nightclub um, because STDs are probably a greater health risk to people in their 20s than COVID is in terms of seriousness of uh, of being infected. Sorry, you can't come in this nightclub un- until we see your STD test. Who the hell are you? I saw someone else say it would be like asking someone if they're menstruating. Obviously, that only would apply to women. Tucker Carlson, uh, uh, when a journalist asked him if he was vaxxed, he said, can you describe for me um, the last time you had sex with your wife and, and uh, the details on the positions? Like it was, It's a shocking thing to say, but it's a reminder of, you know what, that's actually none of your bloody business and you're a bit of a creepy voyeur for asking about it. Um, I wanna say that uh, all of these things are public health prescriptions. The lockdowns, the mask mandates, that's all prescriptions, like prescribing a medical solution en masse. Um, and none of them have been tried before. Never in history have we locked down the healthy and the innocent. Lockdown used to be a word for prison rides, lock it down. So lockdowns are a medical experiment that they've never done before We were all forced to be part of that experiment. And vaccine passports, the same thing. There's a myth that you require vaccines to attend school in Canada. They certainly pressure you to. And by the way, I support most vaccines for school. But if you go to any government in Canada, I'm sure it's the same in the States, you can opt out of those vaccines. In Ontario, which I happen to know, you just have to tell the school. They make you watch like a half-hour informational video first and then if you still want to be opted out you just sign a piece of paper you're opted out and by the way that's that information is kept private so um, we've never had forced vaccines before you can't force someone to have a medical experiment or a medical procedure even if it's on experiment and here's dr teresa tam of all people saying there's simply no evidence that vaccine passports work it's obviously in our favorite place, blacklocks.ca. It's in the news today. No proof Vax Passports work. There are no data proving vaccine passports work, says Dr. Teresa Tam, Chief Public Health Officer. Tam told reporters the actual impact on vaccination rates has not been studied by the Public Health Agency of Canada. It's something we should pay close attention to and study, said Tam. That also helps other jurisdictions should they want to make these kinds of decisions. Four provinces to date, British Columbia, Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec, have issued orders requiring proof of vaccination to access non-essential public services like restaurants and hockey arenas. Dr. Tam said 7.3 million Canadians are not yet fully vaccinated, including 5 million who have declined a first inoculation. Okay, thanks. Um, I should note that if we follow the path of Israel, It won't be long before no one with two jabs is called unvaccinated. I say again, in that uh, country of Israel, you need three doses and they're on their fourth already. I I saw a little um, image. Do you see that Scottish front page I tweeted? I'm trying to wrap my head around this and in a way that doesn't get me sacked on YouTube. Because, yeah, so this is just the front page of a newspaper in Scotland. majority of those dying have had both jabs. It's by Gareth Rose. The vast majority of Scots now dying from COVID are fully vaccinated. Figures show. All right. Um, I suppose it's fair to say that vaccines aren't perfect. I, there's nothing really that's perfect. But there's a lot of things, a lot of questions that arise. First of all, if you don't get vaccinated, how does that impact someone who already is vaccinated? Why is there pressure on unvaccinated people to vaccinate? If you've got vaccinated, what do you care if I am or not? Aren't you safe from me? Well, that Scottish headline suggests that not necessarily. So if you can still get the virus, and get sick from the virus, and transfer the virus to other people, is it even a vaccine? I don't know. I, I know that uh, you're not allowed to ask a lot of these kind of questions, because if you do, you'll simply get um, canceled. It's a strange merger between big tech, big government, and big pharma. Hey, can you show me that um, kindergarten picture from the United States, and then we're going to talk about Pastor Arthur. Um, what, what really irks me is what masks are doing to young people. It's not normal to grow up hiding your face. We learn so much from nonverbal cues, from studying people's face. We learn if they're trustworthy, we, that's why we look at, there's a saying that the eyes are the window into the soul and it's not just poetry. We look at each other's eyes and faces and facial expressions, the difference between a fake smile and a real smile. Look at this, Solana Beach, San Diego. Kindergarten, six years, masks still required outdoors. Do you think that's a healthy way to raise a child? Like a prison, like a prison yard. As compared to Netherlands, or you saw some of those uh, college football stadiums too, I hate what we're doing to the kids most of all. And, uh, you know, I had a friend in the oil patch who said something to me, and it's sort of a, a logical way of thinking. He talked about when you don't pump a barrel of oil for an environmental reason or a regulatory reason. He said you can never catch up because when you start pumping oil, that's that day's oil, not the day before. You can never catch up. You can never catch up for lost Time And and he was talking about the very specific subject of, you know, barrels of oil per day. And maybe I'm saying something that's sort of obvious, but it felt like a light bulb went on for me. I think that's all the more true for kids. Look at that, primary school in Kentucky. On a certain, yeah, versus the Netherlands. Heartbreaking. So the thing is... You can never get your first day of school back. You can never get a canceled school field trip back. Some schools have class trips, like, uh, you know, go to Quebec City for a weekend and learn French or something and have a you know, like an exchange almost or like a field trip or sports. School sports are canceled for my high school senior year. Prom is canceled. Frosh week at college is canceled. Student life is canceled. You'll never get those back. And it's not just like my oil patch friend where every day is interchangeable because it's just a barrel of oil. You know, you can go on a trip when you're 30. It's not the same as going on a trip when you're a teenager with your friends in high school or college. You can go on a field trip when you're 25. It's not the same as going when you're in grade eight. So it's not just what my friend says, you can never get those moments back, because those moments, when you go on a trip when you're 25, that's a 25-year-old's trip. That's not a redo for when you were 15. We're destroying the best days and months and years of their lives. And it's not just missed opportunities, we're warping them. Are you telling me that having six-year-old children sitting like they're in a prison yard isn't warping them psychologically. That is child abuse. I find that so painful to look at. All right, well, let's, let's go now to Adam Sosa's Twitter feed because we've been talking all day about the pandemic, and we have to because it's the crisis of our era. In a related crisis, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, the Polish pastor, as you know, he um, was found in contempt of court because he kept his church open for 70, seven zero minutes, in defiance of a court order to shut it. So he was put in jail for three days, along with his brother, because they had the, the um, church open for an hour. So they've already been punished 70-fold. An hour of contempt, three days in prison. But literally today, the government of Alberta under that wicked man, Tyler Shandro, the health minister, who, by the way, has closed 25% of all ICU beds in the last three months. Why are you doing that? He's prosecuting Arthur Pavlovsky in court again this morning. We're crowdfunding his lawyers, by the way. They're trying to put him back in jail. They're trying to put Arthur Pavlovsky back in jail for 21 days and his brother David back in jail for 10 days. Why, did they do something again? I thought the lockdowns were over. No, it's because they won't apologize to the government. The government of Alberta, Tyler Shandro, that hypocrite who was up there in the Sky Palace, do you have that Sky Palace photo? So Tyler Shandro, Jason Kenny, the government of Alberta locks down the little people, bans churches from having more than, I think it was five people or 15 people or whatever. Whereas Walmart's could stay open. Hey, fill your boots. And Tyler Shandaro, the wicked hypocrite who's closing ICU beds. What are you doing? I, I, I can't even believe that by the way. So he, um, he's up there in the sky palace, which is the name for an elite government building. It was like a secret private condo built for a former premier uh, at the top of a, like, it really is. Uh, yeah. Look at that. So this is a rooftop. You can't tell how high this is. This is on the top of a tower. So that's Tyler Shandro on the right in the tie there. And that's other government bosses. And there's some liquor and they're having a white tablecloth private dining Um, while it is illegal for other people to do so. So they're looking down from, this is the top of a tower. They're looking down at the people below like they're ants or something. They must be laughing over some Expensive bottles of liquor, what they're going to do to the little people who don't comply. That same Tyler Shandro has sent a lawyer in court this morning in Calgary before Justice Adam Germain saying that because Arthur Pavlovsky won't apologize to the government, he should be thrown in prison for 21 days. They are demanding he apologize. A pastor should apologize to a politician or he should go to jail. Let's go to, yeah, you can see, you can see a little bit better the height of the Sky Tower. Uh, Sounds like I just hear in my ear that Sheila took over live tweeting. Let's go to Sheila's feed. So this is really happening. They're really trying to throw him in prison again. And uh, I understand my friend Sheila Gunn-Reed is live tweeting the court appearance right now. I don't know if she's, yeah. So let's go down a bit. Let's just, yeah, can you pump up the size one notch? All right. Um, yeah, let's start, let's start there and scroll up. So Alberta Health Services admits there are seven known cases of COVID at the Calgary Remand Center, where they demand Arthur Pavlovsky spend 21 days, um, said the man should get vaccinated. So they, they're saying we're gonna take him and put him into a prison with COVID because he, there was no COVID outbreaks at his church. But they want to force him to go into a jail where there is an outbreak of COVID. That's insane. The maniacs at Alberta Health Services are asking a court to take a healthy man and put them in a jail where COVID is spreading because the government wants to protect the public from the men who don't have COVID, but open a church in the times of COVID. That is insane. Court is adjourned for 10 minutes. Pastor Art's incredible lawyer, Sarah Miller, is up after to rebut the demands of several pounds of flesh, nearly $16,000 in costs, and 21 days in jail from the Alberta government. Albert Art's crime was opening his church. This is infuriating. Sarah Miller is arguing that if Alberta Health Services had given notice of the inspection of his church and allowed Art a chance to contact a lawyer, he would never have fallen into contempt. Instead, the government started contempt proceedings immediately. The Pavlovskis' proceeding was never delayed. It would seem that the government didn't like being forced to show their work and be cross-examined. The government is inflating and multiplying the costs they want ordered against Pavlovskis on a rule that they unreasonably delayed. Miller, that's Arthur's lawyer, makes an excellent point about the spitefulness of the government. Alberta Health Services is conflating contempt for the AHS with contempt of the court. That's such a good point. Um, The uh, prosecutors are saying, oh, you got to get him judged because he hates you. No, he just hates the government. Miller says a $500 fine should be the max for the Pavlovskis. Their crime, once again, was reopening a church into fines of the lockdown. They really are going to throw them in prison, aren't they? Is that the top or is there another more recent? Miller, that's Arthur's lawyer, says there is no evidence before the court that either Pavlovsky had an opportunity to obtain legal advice. Court order was not read to them. It was folded up in a plastic baggie and placed at their feet. Order was obtained ex parte. That means without the other lawyers there relevant to the degree of culpability. They actually knew he had a lawyer because we've been paying for Arthur's lawyers since April of 2020. That's pretty much 18 months. Scroll up. They were arrested just hours later. Is that the top there or is there any more? Alberta Health Services wants an apology from Pastor Art for, I guess, being obedient to God instead of Tyler Shandro. Alberta Health Service alleges Art didn't take the proceedings seriously. However, Art's own words in a video the government showed as evidence indicates sorrow and concern for Canada. Miller says that the videos showed by the government, Alberta Health Services, in proceedings today show that the Alberta government is conflating contempt for the government and political expression with contempt for the court. Contempt for the government is not a crime, it's a charter guaranteed right. Good for Sarah for saying that she's smart. If I ever get into trouble, I might ask her for help. Oh, then that's Sheila's pinned tweet. So that's great. I mean, there's a ton of tweets. I would encourage you to follow this at uh, Sheila's Twitter feed, which is uh, simply Sheila Gunn We are funding um, through the Democracy Fund uh, this battle. And um, I don't want to tell you how much it's cost, but it's extremely expensive. They have been harassing Arthur Pavlovsky for a year and a half. They have thrown the book at him. It's stunning that they're in court again today. I, I'm not watching the court, but I know we have had at least four lawyers working on the project. Sarah Miller is the, is the key. We've also had Chad Higgerty, if I'm remembering his last name right, a criminal lawyer, former RCMP cop, and two other lawyers at JSS Barristers have been on the case. So we've been taking it extremely seriously. Oh, all the live updates right there. Yeah, go to rivalnews.com. Click on that page. What happens when you go there? Live updates. Pastor Arthur's lawyer. Okay, good. These are just different tweets that, um, and I know that Adam Sos was tweeting for a while there too. Well, that's great. So we certainly are covering this well and we'll wanna have an email update uh, summary to our people after the fact. I think it is outrageous and terrifying that the government is so vindictive that they are literally trying to throw him back in prison, not for a public health violation now, but for not apologizing to the government. all right I'm going to try and whip through some super chats because I see I've missed some hyper chat aqua skies 36 thank you Ezra what would we do without rebel ppc is adding some spice ruffle the